What's hot in the strip clubs? Your hosts, the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the Exotic Dancer Publications DJ of the Year Award, Danny Myers and Alon Fong. Hey, it is behind the curtain of What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm Danny Myers. Noah Alon, on this particular show, we do the uh, Behind the Curtain series separately. So I am here, and uh, I've got a great guest today. And first of all, I'm going to introduce him, and then I'll tell you why we're bringing him on the show here in just a little bit. But I got uh, I got Gonzo with us, whose real name is, is it Richard Saligny? Did I pronounce that right? Not only is it right, but I'm very impressed that you actually said it correctly, pronounced it correctly, the first try. Yeah. Hey, I'm good like that, man. Richard Saligny, but most people call you Gonzo. So I think the first question I'm going to have to come up to is why, where did Gonzo come from? <laughs> oh, you want to open up a can of worms real early? Okay. So picture this. It is... Uh, 1979, uh, I'm at a skating rink with all of my friends. I'm 14 years old and like, you know, we, and we chat before, before we got started, we chatted about how I have never been afraid of women in my entire life, mm -hmm. never been intimidated by them, never been spooked by them. I loved girls even when I was a little kid. So of course I'm at the skating rink. It's the seventies, uh, Jordache jeans, Skin tight Jordache jeans, roller skates, roller girls, girls my age, 15, 16 years old. I'm chatting up not one, but two. Okay. Okay. At the same time. And my friend, my good friend, Mike Setup, uh, shout out to Mike Setup, who I, he, he, that's another, it's a different legend, entirely different. Um, he sneaks up behind me and he's giving me the business making the girls giggle while I'm talking to him, doing my usual, you know, smooth 14 year old spiel. <laughs> <laughs> and finally the girls get around to so what is your name anyway and before i can say and at the time i was calling myself richie okay. uh only my mom calls me richie now okay um he leans over my shoulder and he goes hi i'm mike and this is my friend gonzo <laughs> and the reason why he came up with the name gonzo is because at at the age of 14 you know, Mike was slightly older and he had a car. So I rode with Mike everywhere. I was Mr. Shotgun with Mike. Mm. I was the I was the big kid that hung around with Mike. And uh, I wasn't the muscle, but still, I was large. And I always used to carry around a boombox with me, this old General Electric single speaker boombox cassette player. Mm -hmm. And I always had Ted Nugent Double Live Gonzo in it for some reason. And finally, you know, as he pulls up and he, grabs the boom box and he pulls out the tape. He goes, what the hell are you always playing in here? He goes, he slaps it in his cassette player. He's like, I got your gonzo. You know, it's double live gonzo. And that was the last I heard of it until this mm -hmm. moment. So of course you tell two high school girls that your name is gonzo. And all of a sudden you're gonzo. Yeah. And yeah, it's it literally the, the first, it went viral before viral was viral. I got it, you. Uh, it, it went around. The, it went around the skating rink. It went around. Then it went around high school, and I knew I was doomed when, in social studies, my defensive coordinator, because I was playing JV football at the time. Okay. Uh, and he said Gonzo, and I looked up in horror, 
I was like, no way. Uh, oh, man, Mr. Maltby, shout out. I hope he's still around. But he was like, you know, and he's, he's this guy from Michigan. So he's like, Gonzo, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was, and of course, now it's at practice. If I do something, Gonzo, get your ass over here. Gonzo, get, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, and it just went from there. It just literally went from there, the various social groups that I ran with and whatnot. And it became a a, a persona that I had no control over. Hmm. Well, so, if, if you haven't figured out by that, the golden pipes that he has right there, uh, Gonzo is a DJ, uh, strip club DJ, of course. And what club are you at again? I am at Diamond Dolls in Pompano Beach. And you've been there a uh, while, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, hey, you can get pretty much most of my history in the club business uh, from my time at Diamond Dolls. Uh, I first started there in November, actually November 2nd, I believe it was. Uh, 1994 mm-hmm. on a Saturday, on a Saturday day shift. Um, and I was there for first time around five and a half years. Um, then, uh, there was a parting of the ways. Mm. I won't get into the politics of the details. Uh, but then I was brought back nine months later because you just can't replace me. <laughs> okay. You're replaceable. Everybody's replaceable. But I know for a fact, it's going to be a downgrade. Yeah. So they they got tired of struggling and they said, well, we know one guy who shows up every day. So, you know, this was the early 2000s. So, you know, there was still a lot of uh, a lot of us, a lot of us old farts that were older than us old farts that were still hanging around the business that still had the same habits from the 80s and 90s, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. So there was a little, you know, there's still a little bit of a, a chaos there. And guys like us with our work ethic. Okay, you know, we're we're steady Eddie. We show up. We, we're not showing up drunk. We're not showing up under the influence. We're there to work. We're there to make money. We're there to, you know, kick ass and take names. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I've always been. So I was there for another four years and then another parting of the ways. <laughs> and this was a good one, too, because I was gone for five years after that. Ooh. But in uh, 2009, uh, they were trying to, you know, bring back the the traditional consistency of whether because I mean they were having a wild time they were going crazy they were making money hand over fist but there was a lot of chaos involved with it so they finally they were like all right the chaos is out doing the it's 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 not making the juice worth the squeeze we got to reel it in a little bit mm-hmm. and I guess I was the reel it in uh, I happened to be available at the time so in 2009, they brought me back in. And, you know, at, at that time, I was an older, wiser veteran DJ. And, you know, previously before, like I said, the two other incidences where they were parting of ways. Uh, well, you know, a, a younger guy does not have um, the wisdom to keep his fat mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So now I know to shut up and do your job. So. <laughs> It's been 14 years, 14 wonderful years of shut up and do your friggin' job. And uh, yeah, th- that place is my home. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have literally been through it up and down the road with that place. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked at other clubs. Um, I have been told uh, and shown my worth, my talent by the other clubs. Uh, I have turned down job offers since I've been here. 
generous job offers that I really deeply appreciated. I really do. For those of you that may be listening to this who go, yeah, I, I, I offered him a job, that idiot. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a South Florida guy. And, you know, so I stayed put. This is my home. Uh, this is where I hope to, you know, end my my last parting of the ways. This time it'll be with, you know, maybe a two week or a mon- one month notice and I can train my replacement. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, you know, as we, as we all dream to do, but... Yeah, I mean, and this place has been, I wouldn't say the best kept secret because everybody, word of mouth, everybody knows about Diamond Dolls. Uh, Diamond Dolls is famous up and down the Southeast Coast from, you know, from Port St. Lucie to Key Key Largo. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about us. Uh, We have always, always, always had a super high quality standard of hiring for the girls. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they be dancers or bartenders and waitresses, super high quality standard. I trust me, I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I I've seen them, you know, audition a girl, and they're like, nah. and I'm like, what? Do you think? Nah. Yeah. I mean, she she's a she's a stone cold eight. She can dance. She's pretty in the face. She's got what? I mean, what? Nah, she's got too many tattoos. Too many tattoos. Oh, God, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I but you know what? I'm just the DJ. 
Yeah, they're the managers, and that's why they make the big bucks. And I can tell you that it, you know we're running, uh, you know, if if we're running sixty girls in a given night, which we're a little forty five hundred square foot club, um, if we're running sixty girls in a night, fifty of them are nines. Mm. Fifty. I need okay. to get down there, and man. Well, and and as per our standard, the sevens and the eights are even really hot. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a really high quality, and it's it's a really it's a really good casual atmosphere. Uh, even though I've I've been known to rant about customers with flip flops and cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we we get our share of those. Who wears flip flops and cargo shorts to a strip club? South yeah. Florida. Um, but we do maintain a decent dress code. We do maintain a decent standard of of uh, you know, our customers, our regular customers and our you know casual customers and our frequent customers. Um, they all know, they all know the score. They all have their favorite girls, like with every club. Mm-hmm. We just have a high volume of them, and I feel hmm. blessed to still be there. I really do. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, well, the way you and I met was through an organization, a strip club organization called Panda. Panda is Professional Adult Nightclub DJ Association. Uh, you were uh, a member of Panda before I was. You've been in there for quite a while, and the reason that uh, we're bringing you on the show today um, is to congratulate you. Uh, This will be the first time the public gets to hear this. You already know, Um, but you are now a, you are about to be a lifetime achievement award winner from Panda. So uh, that's a pretty cool thing. So I want to say congratulations on behalf of everybody who's already won the thing. And and that list, it's also called the Glenn Miller award because he was the first one to, uh, to get that. So you got Glenn Miller and then it was Doc Rock and then Tony Batman. Then I got it. Then Luke, Luke Gawanke, then Tim Rhodes, John Bell, Alon, Alon Fong, and now Gonzo. So congratulations. Hey, and I'm the youngest one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, listen, it's, it's an honor. Okay. Um, I, I can, neither take credit for nor responsibility for being in on the actual meeting of the formation of the professional adult nightclub dj association um but i can tell you that it it was an illuminati scene at the uh, at the old planet platypus podcast network Mm -hmm. uh, main studio uh some of those names that you mentioned were in on the meeting um, and then there was, of course, that it also includes the late, great Bobby Mack. Oh yeah. And we, um, platypus from Tootsie's platypus as, uh, w- was, you know, he was kicking around the idea and he was asking us what we thought, what, what, what Johnny thought, what Tony thought. And we were like, that's a great idea, but how are we going to do it? And, and platypus was like, Social media. Social media is the platform. Okay. It keeps us all in touch. It keeps us organized. It keeps us, you know, it it gets us all on the same page. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we came up with the acronym that day. And of course, the amazing Bobby Mack, who is, who was a incredible artist on multiple mediums. Boom. We came, he came up with the logo that day, the, the first logo that day. 
18 variants of that day. Cause I mean, he's a guy that sat down with his pad and his pencils, his colored pencils and just went just a hundred miles an hour. And he, I mean, we were branded the next day, mm-hmm. fully branded, fully branded for a main logo four alternative logos. We had stuff to put on t-shirts and cups and coffee mugs and, and, and hats. And, and, and they were, and they were coming out a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so one thing that I, I I had always warned everybody since I had uh, started hanging around these guys, platypus and everybody like that, which I had known platypus for forever. But um, I said, DJs as an organization is a wonderful and dangerous thing <laughs> because it will it will metastasize into something major and fast. And mm-hmm. look what we've done. Yes. Look where look how far we've come in the last 10 years boom yeah well i i want to tell a a really cool uh gonzo story right now the first time i ever saw you uh was back in um i think it was 2013 or 14 somewhere around in there uh there was one of the uh, gentlemen's club expos in vegas they're there almost (laughs) every year right (laughs) and we had this this party it was a panda party that was put on and it was at the artisan hotel, which had a pool. And I remember I was just, I was like maybe in Panda, maybe three months when, when I went down there. So I didn't know anybody. I knew the names, but I, you know, nobody knew me. So I just kind of stood in the corner, but I remember all of the features like Christina Agucci and Phoenix fires and Lacey rain and Simone Dane illustrious and all of the big main features, they were all there dressed as pandas for a little contest that we did. And uh, it was all fun, great time. But after the contest was over, most of the girls took off their tops and jumped in the pool. So all of a sudden I look over there and there's this guy, big motherfucker, Gonzo, taking off his clothes and jumping in the pool with all the features. (laughs) And I said, that is... That is one badass motherfucker right there. That's all I can say, man. And I was I, I was way too intimidated to really even talk to anybody that day. I was just in the corner, but I do I do remember that. Do you remember that? Um, I remember okay, the girls are everybody's taking off their tops and jumping in the pool. Okay, I took off my I took off my top and jumped in the pool. And I look around, I'm like, how come I'm the only guy that did this? <laughs> all right, sure. I'm the only guy that did this. Let's go. Some... And uh it, it, that was Probably the most delicious gonzo soup you've ever Ooh, had in your life. Yeah. Um, I can I can honestly tell you, I can divulge right now after all of these years. Um, I was kneed in the balls at least twice. Yep. I didn't mind. Um it, it, I was like, oh, yay, somebody touched it. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional, but Hey, Mm -hmm. I officially got action in the pool. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a riot dude, because let me tell you what we took over that hotel. We partied down and we partied down hard. Um, I mean, I was sitting with during the the bikini contest, the, the, (laughs) I'm I'm using air quotes. I know we're on audio only. I'm using air air quotes, bikini contest because the, the bikini tops did not stay on. And um, I, I, I can I'm sitting there with my my big uh, Cuban cigar, my Oyo de Monterey de Havana, because um, used to be a big cigar smoker. Um, and I'm poolside, and it was just amazing. 
And we've always had an amazing time at Expo. And I'm glad my first opinion of you was uh, King Kong Bundy with King Kong Bundy with a, a goatee. And um, you know, I mean, I used to be a I, I'm, I used to be a professional wrestler, and so the cannonball was pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, it was a time I'll never forget. Let's put it this way: I have the I have the photos saved. I think I place. have some too. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Somebody, somebody has the video somewhere and I'm like, uh, yeah, you better hide that. Yeah. I tried to post it to Facebook and I think I got, uh, a two week suspension, so I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And the last thing I need is somebody goes, Senator Seligny about these photographs we have from you in 2013. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're trying to become normal, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, right. so, you know, you're, you're coming into the lifetime achievement award, which is something that I always kind of considered a panda Hall of Fame. And since we're talking about Hall of Fames, and because our uh, podcast is on the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a music podcast, and you being a music DJ, I want to talk to you about the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because this is a really interesting set of names that's coming into the Hall of Fame for the uh, class of 2023. These are the nominations. I'm going to read these off real quick. You got George Michael, Kate Bush, Missy Elliott, the White Stripes, Cheryl Crow, Iron Maiden, Joy Division, New Order, Cindy Lauper, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, The Spinners, A Tribe Called Quest, and Warren Zevon. So I'm going to ask you out of that list, if you had a vote, who would you pick? Soundgarden. Really? Soundgarden. All day long. All day long. I mean, listen, if you gave me choices, okay, I really would eliminate anybody who wasn't really rock and roll. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you opened this can of worms because I got something to say. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I call the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that music hall of fame in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Okay. They really should call it the popular music or pop music hall of fame. They really should. I have no problem with these artists being recognized for their accomplishments. I mean, hell, if, if Panda can recognize me for hanging on in this business for so long, you know, a hack like me, well, then, hey, you know, the actual, you know, excellent artists. Because, I mean, I have nothing but the utmost respect for artists like George Michael. Uh, I, Joy Division and New Order, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, Cindy Lauper, even. Willie Nelson, I listen to country music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, you know, and of course a tribe called quest, uh, but when you get down to it, you call it the rock and roll hall of fame. It should be for the different varieties of rock and roll. Okay. Rock music. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I think it should be the pop music hall of fame. Okay. There shouldn't be rappers. There shouldn't be, pop singers there shouldn't be country i mean the country music hall of fame the country music has their own hall of fame mm-hmm. okay but you're not going to see rage against the machine get inducted good point you're not going to see missy elliott get inducted good point okay you know uh who is it is it bmt has a hall of fame uh, so that's that's a rap soul uh a rap soul hip-hop and r&b hall of fame you know where's warren zevon falling that Okay, but you know you want to you want to parse categories, parse genres. Uh, 
then uh, that's a minor objection that I have. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they it's all a media driven type of a promotion. So you have to put everybody under that big tent so that you can have these extravaganzas. Okay. So you can have these extravaganzas on HBO and you can have all of these acts on there. Once again, I don't, obje- I don't object to them getting their bona fides, their bona fides. I don't object them to get, getting their flowers. Everybody deserves their flowers. Everybody on that list deserves their fucking flowers. Every one of them. Kate Bush is long overdue. Okay. I mean, it took, it took stranger things to bring, Oh, Kate Bush. She's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like you knew, you know? So it, it yeah, I think sure. Everybody deserves, everybody on this list deserves to get an award. Okay. I mean, Willie Nelson deserves a lifetime achievement award. I think he's already got two of them. Probably. You know, but you, you, you give me Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Iron Maiden, Iron fucking Maiden. Okay. H- have you ever been, have you ever seen Iron Maiden? No. Have you ever seen him play? Insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. And, and it's just song after song after song. I mean, they've been doing it so long and so well. And you look at these guys, if they slow down, then you'll be able to notice that they're all 70. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and we have Nico McBrain has a rock and roll ribs down here in South Florida, which I, I've been to a hundred times because I mean, I'm fat. Of course, I've been there a hundred <laughs> times. Me and Enrique, Enrique Ariano, we, we go there all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and Nico is, is getting up there. Okay. But uh, another thing that is, it speaks to the, uh, the benefits of playing soccer is that all of those guys in Iron Maiden are in great shape. Oh, wow. And if you see them play, they're still running around the stage like, and, and Bruce Dickinson can just belt the lights out of the place at 70. Yeah. I mean, come on. And, and just you're tired after an Iron Maiden show. You're hmm. tired because you're banging your head and you're screaming the songs and you're, ah, ah. And afterwards you're like, did I, did I just, you know, did I just run for an hour? You know, not that I've ever, I've ever run anywhere for an hour, but you know, and I mean, the same can be said for Rage Against the Machine. Okay. I've seen them five times and that's, that's more of a visceral emotional thing, you know, and Soundgarden, I've seen them three times. And I mean, the, the death of Chris Cornell still haunts me today, mm-hmm. you know, because Chris Cornell was one of my favorite singers of all time. So uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, one one band, though, give me Soundgarden. And congratulations to all the inductees, you know, because I love a tribe called Chris, the Spinners. Oh, my God, the Spinners. Amazing. You know, Warren Zevon, tremendous artist, uh, tremendous, funny, funny guy. Um, he He's a little overdue, too. He should have been in there a long time ago, too. Okay. But I knew the jig was up with rock and roll when they inducted Prince. And I said... They, they finally got the one guy that spans all the genres. This is the guy. Mm-hmm. This sh- it, it should be renamed the Prince Hall of Fame. Okay. And you, you, did, you did see While My Guitar Gently Weeps, right? You, you saw his performance. Okay. That's still, I, I still call that up on YouTube every once in a while. Mm. I still call it up on it. And I'm just like, I, uh, I've seen it 50 times. And it's just still a jaw dropper. Okay. So... Other than that, that's yeah. 
the, the Music Hall of Fame, the Pop Music Hall of Fame. Congratulations to everybody. Uh, love all of them. Yeah, love all of them. White Stripes, Cheryl Crow. Yeah, love all of them. So, you know, but it's it's not rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's okay. music. Yeah. You know, it's music. When, when's Pitbull getting in? <laughs> Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. Good point. Um, so I'm going to switch gears here a little bit because I got a lot to talk to you about yet. And, um, and I told you, you, you thought you were going to have a 15-minute podcast. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I am the definition of verbose. There you go. Uh, you are also a sports expert, and I call you an expert. I'm going to call you an expert because um, a year and a half ago, uh, I ran into you down at uh, down in Miami, Florida, or uh, West Palm it was, and you told me that my Cincinnati Bengals were doing really, really good and that we had a good chance to get in the Super Bowl. That was last year. And you were talking about Burrow, and we were not doing that good at that point. This is maybe at the halfway point of the um, of the season. And I'm sitting there thinking, I, I like his optimism, but uh, I don't think we're going to the Super Bowl. No way. And guess what? We went to the Super Bowl. So that is why I'm going to call you an expert. So with that being said and us talking about the Pandas Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I want to ask you about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm a Cincinnati guy. In your opinion, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yes. Best baseball player probably in the history of the game. History of the game. Okay? Better than Ty Cobb. History of the game. Period. Okay. Uh, I've had the, uh, let's call it the pleasure because uh, at this point in his life, Pete's a pretty, uh, he's a pretty crotchety dude. Um, mm-hmm. he, and, he, and he's got every right to be a little angry and a little salty and a little bitter. Uh, every right to be. Um, but he, we're talking about a guy who ha- went to the, went to the all-star game, five different positions, five. Five. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy, Charlie Hustle, who played so hard, he almost killed a catcher trying to trying to score. And he, I, I believe he did score. Yeah, yes. at home plate. Uh, I think poor guy's name was what Fossey. Yep, I, that was an All Star game. Yeah, and he, you know what his quote was? He said, "My father was sitting up there in the stands, and yeah. if I wouldn't have slid in hard, my father would have never let me go." So the body, this is back when, you know, I mean, it was still iffy whether or not you should, you know, play really, really hard at the all-star games. And Pete only knew one way to play. So that, that was awesome. Um, you are, um, you're also a big football fan. I know you're a Dolphins fan, correct? Oh, long suffering right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have to tell you, I'm a Bengals fan. And when we saw, you know, Tua go down, you know, at that game, that was, that was a tough game. Um, yeah, Bengals have had a couple of tough games with some, with some things, but I want to ask you, do you think Tua should continue to play? Do you, I mean, you know, the concussions that, that, I mean, I know physically he can still do this, but what's your opinion as a, as, as a fan of the team, whether Tua should continue? Um, well, let me ask you this, Danny, have you ever had a concussion? No, no. Uh, I've had two. Okay. I've had Two that were confirmed concussions. One when I was a kid, when I was 11, playing football. 
another one later on as an adult. Uh, as a professional wrestler, I've gotten my bell rung, which by NFL standards, probably I probably would have been put in the concussion protocol. Okay, if if by the time I'm 70 years old, I'm a little <laughs> uh, there's some explanations. Okay, <laughs> he's been hit in the head a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now the on the conservative side, I would check his history. Okay, because we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa has played a lot of football in his life, from Sandlot to Pee Wee to high school to college to the pros. A lot of football, tons, thousands of snaps, practice time. There's there's even you know contact in practice. How many concussions has he had in his lifetime? Not just the, don't even count the ones that he's been diagnosed with this year. How many have you had? Did you get one? Maybe you got rung up when you were in peewee. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got rung up a couple of times in high school. Maybe you got rung up a couple of times in college when they didn't have a, really have a concussion protocol. You know, you, you got up, your offensive lineman helped you wobble off the field. You got sat down. They hit you with the smelling salts, which by, oh, that is such wonderful. Oh, yeah. That'll wake you up real thing, yeah. quick. Yeah, that'll get your attention real quick. Okay, but uh, honestly, I mean, and to honestly tell the truth, it's like, son, how many times have you gotten rung up like this? Okay, which, I mean, listen, his concussion against Cincinnati, that was brutal. Okay, and that was a that was a fellow Samoan. Okay, that was a fellow Islander. Okay, I'm surprised that guy didn't have his grandma call him up. Why you want to slam the boy down to the ground like that? You know, he, he's, he's Ohana. You don't do that to Ohana. You know, but... And if and if the number isn't that high, if you're honest, and if the the number is relatively low, and you and you feel fine, and you feel and you and your medical professionals feel that there's no damage right now, uh, then take a shot. Mm-hmm. Take a shot because this is uh, this is a very temporary business. Okay, there's no 28 year quarterbacks. Not even Tom Brady went 28 years. Okay, which and you stay retired, Tom. Um, (laughs) And I would take another shot. But if I had another concussion, I'd be like, thank you very much. I'll take my money and bye. See ya. You know, because the Dolphins should pick up his fifth year option. Okay, which means that he will get paid a lot of money. Uh, I think in the neighborhood of $23, $24 million, I think is his fifth year option, rookie option. So that's a lot of money. Okay. So you get paid, you give it a shot. And if you, if you get rung up again and you're lucky enough to clear protocol and you got all your faculties about you, you just got to say aloha, man. You just go by life is long. You're 20, you're 25. Life is long. My son, my life is long. Take your brains Take your $20 million and go, go back, go, go back home, mm-hmm. go back home and coach, go, go, go to Alabama and be a color commentator. You know, he's, he's a smart kid. He's very well-spoken. He's, he, you know, he's got a great work ethic. I mean, there's a million things he could do. Okay. And he's got a better body of work than a lot of these former, you know, college quarterbacks that washed out of the NFL in three or four years. You see them every day, every Saturday, and sometimes every Sunday, okay? 
And he's got more personality than they are. Mm-hmm. They do. Okay. He's got national championships. What do you got? You know? So yeah, I would say if, if all the planets are aligned and you feel good about it and, and your doctors feel good about it, then yeah, mm-hmm. take another shot. And if you end up, you know, but the next concussion, you got to really consider getting out. You really okay. do. Because then, then it's starting to become a trend. You know, I got it you. goes beyond coincidence. And you got you to move on, kid. And, uh, and before before I let you out of sports, when I told you that the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl, I told you right then and there, I said, the Burrow kid has got mm. it. <clears throat> I-T, it. Okay. I knew he had it the year before he won the national championship with LSU. And I saw him light Auburn up. Okay. Now he got hurt right after that game, but he was lighting people up that season for LSU. And, and he, he was killing people. He was just destroying people. And that's when he had a, he had a 19 year old Jamar chase. He had a 19 year old uh, Jefferson. He had, he just had weapons galore and he was just bing, 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 just lighting them up. And I said, wow, this kid's special. And he got hurt, but then he came back the next year and everybody stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that offense that he was on, that he quarterbacked, we're talking um, eight out of the 11 starters on that offense are playing and excelling in the NFL. Three all pros, four all pros. Okay. So, and the kids got it. He did it in Ohio in state championships. He did it. Uh, he did it in at LSU national championship. And I'm telling you right now, in the in the next three to five years, uh, five tops. Okay, they'll figure it out. They'll get it right. They'll get the right offensive line in there, and and get him protected. And he'll drop almost six thousand yards and forty touchdowns. And he will one time, at least one time, he will pick that team up on his back and carry them to a Super Bowl. Carry them. I guarantee it. Good. I'm got and you're right on your predictions. So cool. Tell you what, uh, we are here with Gonzo, Richard Saligny, Gonzo. Uh, basically our lifetime, uh, not even basically, our lifetime achievement award winner for this year. I've got some more questions for you. I want to talk to you about your health. I want to talk because uh, you had a health scare. I want to talk to you about your uh, your future, which is uh, your real estate that you've just got your license and you're out there selling stuff. And I want to talk to you about that. And also, if it is possible, uh, Gonzo and I are going to talk a little Bobby Mack without crying. And if you know Bobby Mack, he passed away. He was an amazing, amazing DJ. We're going to talk all about uh, Bobby Mack as well. And that's all coming up next. So hang tight. You're listening to uh, Behind the Curtain of What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm Danny Myers. I've got Richard Salikni, and I pronounced it right again. Gonzo with us. Gonzo, it's been amazing to hear how many different subjects you can talk on, but I want to talk to you now because I know a couple years ago you you had a bad health scare, and I, and I want you to tell me about that and, and your, in your life since. Well, all right, let's preface this. First of all, the year 2020 sucked for everybody. I understand that. It did. It sucked for everybody. I mean, I, I know a, a few people had a good time during the, the pandemic. Uh, and uh, I, I have to say, it started off real well for me. Um, when the pandemic started, 
uh, I had already begun saving money to purchase a new condo for myself. Um, I had already begun saving money uh, so that I could take the time to, you know, take my real estate course and get my license and start in the real estate business. And boom, March 14th, we're done. Thank you. You're, you're, everybody's closed. Oh, okay. I was living in a four bedroom, two bath house in Boca Raton with a pool and a lot of fun. And I didn't need any, I, I didn't need anybody to come over to my house. That was cool. Um, but the money started running out. So we moved. And long story short, we moved to a nice condo up in Pompano Beach. And life seemed to be going all right. Everything seemed to be going okay. Even the even we were starting to see the uh the 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 light at the end of the tunnel as far as the pandemic was concerned. It was August of 2020. And August 12th, 2020. Uh, I woke up that morning and decided that I needed to go get lampshades because I just moved into my new apartment and I need to get lampshades for my lamps because my lampshades got messed up. So I went to Walmart and they didn't have lampshades. Of course, Walmart's never got anything I need ever. I hate you, Walmart. Um, I'm sorry if you're a sponsor, but anyway, uh, Walmart's got everything but lampshades, I swear. Uh, so I'm, and the, the Walmart's like three blocks from my 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 building. So I'm driving back because I'm fat and lazy and it's August, it's 100 degrees, and I'm turning left onto the road that, that accesses my development, and it, it was, it's like a quick cut in a film or a video. And then quick cut to, I'm in a, an amber-lit room by myself, uh, just suddenly wake up in an amber lit room and all four of my limbs are restrained and I'm alone. What the fuck? Those are the first words out of my mouth. What mm -hmm. the fuck? And so I'm like, why am I tied? What did I do? <laughs> I did something. I snapped. I freaked out. I did something. Uh, that was the first thing I thought. So I shout out, hello, hello, is anybody there? Not panicking yet. And some, uh, eh, let's, let's call him skittish, uh, male nurse comes in. Good sized young man, about 6'1", 185, 190 pounds, fit. Comes walking in, hey buddy, like I'm about to jump off the bed at him. I see you're awake again. Again, I'm awake for the first time. What the hell happened? I mean, I'm disoriented. I don't know where I am, what's going on. I'm trying, so I'm starting to wonder whether or not I still have all my organs in my body. And he, and I'm like, where am I? Oh, you're in the hospital. I am. Why? You had to have open heart surgery. I did. <laughs> um, so to preface what happened is, is that I used to be a two to three cigar a day smoker. Okay. Yes. I'm an idiot. I'm a total moron. Um, big ones too. I mean, and they were good. They were good cigars. Mm -hmm. I didn't smoke crappy cigars. They were really good cigars, but nonetheless, they were big ass cigars. And especially during the pandemic, the only thing that I had to do was swim in my pool, go work out four or five times a week. I was in great shape. Okay. When, when we were moving, I was grabbing, I, I grabbed, I grabbed a love seat and walked across the front yard and threw it in the truck. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I was slinging it. Um, so I was in what I felt was the best shape of my life. But, you know, the, the cigars had something else to say. So at some point during that moving process and the stress and all of that, I had developed an aneurysm in my my ascending aorta, which is the big aorta pipe. The, if, you, if you're talking about pipes, it's, you know, it goes up to your heart and then it distributes uh, blood to your brain and your lungs and all of those. And that aneurysm burst. Mm. And it caused what's caused called an aortic dissection. And for the few people out there that are listening now and, uh, and know what an aortic dissection is, they're like, oh, my God, you're lucky to be alive. And yes, I am. I'm lucky to be alive. I really, truly am. Um, and I, I, I still thank God every morning I wake up, a, hey, hey, I win again. Okay. But yeah, my aorta tore. 14.2 inches up and if you're if you're up on your anatomy into the transverse aorta which basically your aorta goes turns over to the top of your heart and then it goes up there's the three arteries that your carotid artery your pulmonary artery and uh, I forget what the other artery is um and those are the three arteries over the top it tore all the way up and then over and even tore part of one of the valves mm. okay I, I literally should be dead. Uh, and I was fortunate to get probably the best thoracic surgeon on the Eastern seaboard, if not on the planet. Very fortunate. Um, but one thing that they told me is that what had happened was, <laughs> what had happened was uh, when I got home, I started feeling chest, back, and stomach pain. And I said, this isn't good. And I drove myself to the emergency room. Drove mm -hmm. myself to the emergency room. They said, well, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I, I don't remember any of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once again, the quick cut. I don't remember that any of it. Boom, boom. Okay. So... When I got there and they were like, oh, that's not good. And they did a quick x-ray and they're like, he's got internal bleeding. It's probably a, a, a dissection. And they were like, okay, send him to the heart center, which is at South Broward, which they're, thank you guys, by the way. Um, Dr. Herskowitz, Dr. Dr. Kenneth Herskowitz, rock star. Uh, Dr. Niederman, Dr. Alan Niederman, rock star. Those guys have been amazing. Um, and uh, it was uh, six and a half hours of surgery. Mm. Yeah, six and a half hours of surgery. And uh, it's, 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 it's pretty bad when you're, when you're, you know, your cowboy surgeon, you know, the, these surgeons that save so many lives, they've got a little bit of a cavalier attitude, you know, but they keep coming to check on you to make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. It's like, you did a great job, Doc. What? I'm okay. Yeah, well, I still want to check. I want to check. Let me check on that. Let me check this. Day. You know, because he saw, you know, I and whenever I feel like going out and raising hell and drinking a bunch of scotch and smoking a cigar, I have in my phone, I have my surgical post report that my doctor wrote that gives the details. 
Mm-hmm. And I read that and I go, now, when you go out, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to have one scotch with a couple of ice cubes and I'm not going to have a cigar and I'm going to hang out. And then I'm going to have a bottle of water. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I take better care of myself, even though I'm fat, I'm still fat. Um, but, you know, it, it's the turning point of my life because not only did not only did 2020 try to kill me there. But 2020, also three days short of Thanksgiving that year, I got COVID for the first of three times. Mm, wow. Yeah. Two months out of open heart surgery, and I got COVID three days short of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, Thanksgiving was ruined. But um, yeah, I, um, 2020 is one year that I was really, from about August 12th on, was happy to see it go. Thank you. Yeah. Goodbye. You know, so yeah. that's it. I survived it, and don't take life for granted, and don't smoke three big, three big ass cigars a day. <laughs> don't do that. That's bad for you. Yeah. So, um, back you, you've been as we said earlier, you've been a strip club DJ for a while, and you have an escape plan. You have an exit strategy. Tell me about the real estate business. I don't know what I'm going to do it either. Cause I mean, I'm really enjoying working at the club, you know, I mean, you, you know, you get to the point in your, in your, you know, your skill set that you can do this in your sleep. Mm-hmm. You get to the point in your skill set where you, 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 you love the job and uh, where am I going to go? You know, but I have kind of fallen in love with the real estate business. Um, it's become a little bit of an obsession um, I, I blame guys like Ryan Searhunt. I blame him. Uh, I, I became obsessed with the million dollar listings, New York and million dollar listings, LA. Um, and I, I, I'm still, I'm here on the bottom end of the whole thing. Still, I'm still learning. I'm still building my network. I'm still building my style. I'm still building my brand. But it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, it's a lot of work. Okay, you know, and you got to deal with people. Ugh, people, <laughs> you know, we 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 sit in a booth and everybody has to come to us. You know, come to us. You know, except on the on the walkie talkies, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you're getting out there and you're having fun. I, I'm an architectural nerd. I'm 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 a nerd for finishes. You know, uh, Gagano appliances, biking appliances, uh, uh, crown molding, uh, you know, smooth ceilings. These popcorn ceilings are disgusting. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm developing it. So, but my exit plan, as far as the club business is concerned, uh, I don't know so much this is an exit plan because if I pull off what, my strategy is, or if I pull off my plan, which my, if I achieve my goals, I, I may never quit. I may still be in a club. Mm-hmm. I may still be at diamond dolls, you know, cause I mean, I really don't I really don't want to work for anybody else anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, I still may be at diamond dolls because my plan is passive income, passive income, period, mm-hmm. you know, acquire properties and use them as rentals to, basically establish cash flow to bring in passive income. Mm-hmm. And once that passive income reaches a certain level, 
then you would be able maybe to consider dialing it back to working day shift or you know <laughs> something like that. But you know, it's a little slower and a little easier, a little quieter or whatever. But even our day shift can get a little a little hectic too. Mm-hmm. But um, I um, yeah, I, I just uh, my uh, once I achieve my goals there, you know, because listen, when you're in real estate, you're dealing with assets that really don't lose their value. Mm-hmm. They really don't. You know, it takes an incredible, an incredible, catastrophic type of event to cause a piece of real estate to lose its base value. Okay, to lose its its lowest base value, and that's really. I mean, you look at stocks. Your your stocks can tank because somebody said the wrong thing in a in a press conference. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk could say something stupid, you know, go on Joe Rogan and and hit a joint and act like an idiot, and your Tesla Tesla stocks take a shit. Okay, but I tell you what, if I own an apartment building with ten units. And they stay occupied all the time. Everybody pays the rent and nothing horrible happens. No earthquake, fire, flood, hurricane, whatever. Okay. Uh, and that stuff is covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay, That asset doesn't lose its base value. Okay. So worse comes to worse. You could sell out for what you paid for it, mm-hmm. but you don't because it, because most real estate increases in value. It appreciates, okay? And it, it, not only that, but there's various ways that you can, you know, do tax write-offs and things like that. Okay, so real estate is not only a safe investment, it's a great investment. It's a tangible asset, unlike stocks and bonds and, you know, and getting on Robinhood and putting your nest egg in Robinhood, mm. okay? And not to say that anybody, you know, invest all you want. Invest how you want and all you want. That's a, That's a cool game too, but... Put my money in real estate because when Gonzo's really old, and you know, two or three years and out from now, when Gonzo's really old, and Gonzo has his passive income for his retirement, you know, to go along with his $112 a month he's going to get because he worked for cash all his life. Um, he, you know, if I need to sell out my assets and put that money away to live on, to live out my life as a retirement then I have it. Mm-hmm. I have the asset. I have the asset. I have the cash flow. So you start with you, you you start with the asset, you build up to the cash flow, and then you use the cash flow. You know, uh, uh, I mean the, the strategy is pretty simple. And then like I said, uh, your your disaster plan is I have an asset. Mm-hmm. You know? So a lot of people right now, what we're getting is because of these interest rates that are going up because the Fed keeps raising the, the interest rate. Um, people are panicking and they're freaking out. Uh, they're freaking out because, oh my God, interest rates are 7%, they're 8%, they're at. I'm like, listen, Cupcake, okay? Just because they were 4% last year, okay? And they've doubled, okay? Everybody got, you know, I mean, it, it was the, the interest rates were getting as low as 1.7, 1.8% back in the boom, you know, free money, you know? Um, People are losing perspective and they're going, oh, I don't want to well, listen. You're not buying real estate in 2017. You're buying real estate in 2023. And this is the standard. Okay. This is the standard. Acquire the asset for a good price. Set your base value. Once again, base value. Acquire the asset. 
Okay. Because one thing that you can do is refinance. Mm -hmm. So let's say a couple of years down the road, the interest rates go back down to 3%, 4%. Then guess what, Cupcake? You can go, Mr. Banker Man, I'd like to refinance. Thank you. And boom, not even cash out, not even cash out your equity, mm -hmm. just refinance. You know, you, you might you might get a little money on the side just because, oh, well, we got all this money here. I would take it and put it towards a principal. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just to, just you own more of the asset, that actual own more of the asset. Um, but I would acquire the asset. Stop okay. worrying about the interest rate. OK, simple as that. You know, wow. I mean, I've got I've got a few things going on now. Uh, I just had a new listing in West Palm Beach, in case anybody wants to buy a nice villa in mm. West Palm Beach, give me a call. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. Uh, it's a 3-2 villa, 1,200 square feet. Uh, it's beautiful. It just got a new coat of paint. Uh, or excuse me, it's getting a new coat of paint Wednesday. And the open house is Super Bowl Sunday. Ah. So see you there. Yeah. So you're going to miss the Super Bowl. But we won't even get to that. I'm not going to miss the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, one more thing I do want to talk to you about. Um, dear, dear, wonderful friend of ours, Bobby Mack. Now, for those oh, of you who geez. may not know Bobby Mack, I, I'm going to set this out. Bobby um, has been a DJ, and it was one of the people that were in that room that you talked about uh, when you guys founded Panda. Uh, in 2014, it was when I joined Panda. Bobby was the person who welcomed me in. Bobby is multi, multi-talented uh, you know, at everything he did, he was called Mr. Voice for a reason because he had that, you know, it's just this amazing freaking pipes when he talked. And on top of that, he was a great, great person. And he passed away. Um, I, I believe it was, he had a heart attack while he was driving is the, is the uh, final, was that what, what you got from the end of it? Yeah. Well, even, even that, even that decision was kind of vague because they really couldn't come up with any other blatant or overt or, you know, reason why. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, I mean, listen, and Bobby, Bobby dealt with weight issues himself. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he used to, for a long time, he used to like to have a few drinks and, you know, he, he you know, he, he lived the party lifestyle and, it, but what was ironic about him is that the last couple of years, he had really taken off the weight. He really had gotten in good shape. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was sudden, you know, I mean, it's like me, you know, I was in great shape, strong, like bull. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden something happens like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so that was, uh, that was January 6th. And of last year, um, which was really weird because I got the news and then I started calling everybody and then somebody called me and said, turn on the news. And that's when the January 6th uh, insurrection in Washington, D.C. started happening. Mm. So I had one of my best friends on the entire planet and died the night before overnight and anarchy in Washington, DC. It's like, 
oh, so the country's going to hell. And my one of my best friends ever, my brother is died is just died. What the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, 2022 sucks. You know, I'm like, it's supposed to get better. What the hell? So, I mean, I, uh, listen, I have a little bit of a cavalier attitude about it right now because I, I, I when I mourn, I maintain the 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 attitude of what would what would the deceased tell me as I'm sitting here boohooing? What would the deceased tell me as I'm going through Facebook pictures and I'm going through personal memorabilia and I'm all misty eyed and sniffling? He'd be like, "Hey, pal, come on, cut it out. It's a beautiful day. Go outside, hang out." you know, call somebody, talk to some people. Okay. But you don't need to be sitting around crying about me. You know, yeah, I'm in a better place. Uh, things are different now. You need to go on, you know, and I turned my attention towards making sure that his wife was taken care of, that Cindy was taken care of, which she was her, her, her support system. Uh, I, I, I thank, thank God for them. Cause I was a mess. So how was I going to be able to help another woman who's even worse mess than me? Mm-hmm. So I kept Bobby's voice in my head. And I know what Bobby would say in these situations. And that kept me sane because it didn't make any sense. He was one of the best of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. You know, uh, how can how can a you know how can a slob like me live through a catac- uh, a cataclysmic event like I did, and he just driving home from work, and then you know heart gave out on him. How, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it just didn't seem fair. It didn't seem right. You know, I'm five years older than him. You know, how how did that happen? So. You know, and I was I I was a little bitter for a few weeks, you know, and as we went on with the tributes, as we went on with the remembrances, you know, see, one thing that everybody's got to realize is that Bobby touched a lot of different areas in my life. Okay, Bobby was ubiquitous in my life. Okay, he was a comic book nerd like I was. He was a sci-fi nerd like I was. He was a music nut like I was. He got into the strip club business before I did. Um, he, he, we did the Rocky Horror Picture Show together. Mm. We did, yeah, yes, Bobby Mack dressed up as Frankenfurter, and he was real good at it too. Um, and of course, we did podcasts. We did Geek Fest Florida because we were both geeks, and we both like go to conventions. So we're like, we can do our own convention, and mm. we did, and we did two of them, and they were really good. Okay, they were really, really good conventions, little college cons. It was awesome. Um, you know, and that that project, along with other things, spoke to the original Gonzo Radio, spoke to the creative energy between Bobby and myself. Once we got into a room and we got going, it just shit got nuts. And I mean, when we did the original Gonzo Radio, uh, in one of the bedrooms in my place in Deerfield Beach, a little bedroom studio with he and his wife, Cindy. And it was it was a riot. It, it was an absolute riot. 
We, our, our first show was the day after Randy Macho Man Savage died. Mm. So we did a bit where Randy Macho Man Savage called from heaven. <laughs> so we have Randy Macho Man Savage on the line. Macho Man, how's heaven? Oh, yeah, brother. Let me tell you something. Ooh, yeah. And Bobby just went off. Just went off. Okay. It was so hard. Cindy was dying. Cindy was mm -hmm. falling out of her chair. She was over there. Cindy would just sit there and drink wine and do whatever we told her to. And we gave her something to read and she would read it, gave her a new story to read or whatever. And, and she got her shots in. But we got, we, we had a blast doing that. And as much as I wanted him to do Gonzo Radio with me all the time, he had other stuff to do. I never stood in his way mm -hmm. of doing other projects with other people. But he knew, he knew for a fact that our creative chemistry was a force of nature. Okay. Mm -hmm. He brought out the best in me. I brought out the best in him. Um, and it was a real loss. It was a real loss. I mean, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I lost a friend. No, no, no. This dude has been around in my life since 1988. Mm -hmm. This dude had been around in my life in various segments. Okay. When we were younger, when we were doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's so funny because I just had lunch with somebody who was there at the time, too, with my friend Kelly. Um, and we talked about the the schism when we did the Rocky Horror Picture Show and and uh and Bobby decided to stay with a theater that I had left and Bobby and I were kind of at odds for about six or seven months mm. and then he comes back to me and he goes you're right you're right those people are idiots those people are assholes I'm sorry and boom there we go picked up right where we left off and great friends. He was even in the pro wrestling business before I was. Mm. You know, he kind of preceded me. I guess I was his follower, yeah. um, just coincidentally. But, and he's he's a guy who should be getting a lifetime achievement award this year, not me. He really should. But he's a huge loss in my life. And the thing that keeps me from tearing up now is he's behind me somewhere mm -hmm. going, don't do it. Don't do it. You big softy. Don't do it. You're going to embarrass yourself. You know, we had a shorthand language. We, when we're in the same room and something gets said or something gets done and we bowl, it hits us both at the same time, like literally like an expo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Something happens and he'll look at me and I'll look at him immediately like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, you know, we we both knew immediately, boom. In Miami, when we had Expo, we had a situation like that. Something was said, and we both immediately, I mean, we were across a ballroom. And I looked over uh, from the wings because I was DJing, and, and I looked over, and he's like, he points at me, and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what did we say? Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah, yeah, the guy was amazing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people can give testimonials that he's amazing. Uh, he was very close with Platypus. Um, you know, we, 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 but we supported each other like brothers in all facets, uh, whether it was strip clubs, whether it was geekdom, whether it was Rocky horror, 
you know, the, the only thing he didn't get into was sports. Mm-hmm. Oddly, oddly enough, he wasn't a big sports guy. Okay. But I tell you what, he enjoyed tormenting the crap out of me because he's from Rhode Island. <laughs> and he was a, he was the fakest New England Patriots fan you have ever seen in your life. He's okay? from but there, so can, he's a fan. Right. So the, the yeah, exactly. So you can bet your ass that every time that Tom Brady hoisted a Lombardi trophy or every time that Tom Brady beat the Miami Dolphins, okay, I got a text message, a phone call, okay, or something on Facebook, okay, tag me with it, okay, you know, and vice versa, okay. But I I know it's like, yeah, how many touchdown passes did Brady throw, huh? Silence. Yeah, uh uh-huh, I Uh thought so. No, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I know you're looking it up because you didn't even watch the game. You know, oh but, man, what an amazing, amazing guy he was, and, and you know what? And I never, never will forget him. Well, Gonzo, um, I I took about an hour of your time up here. A little ah, over, so, I told yeah, you you were going to take an hour. We we came into this. I said ah, about 15, 20 minutes. I'm not going to go an hour like Alon Fong does. And guess what? We went an hour like Alon Fong does. But uh, man, I learned so much about you, and I just had a great time talking to you. And I can't wait to uh, run into you at the next event, which is going to be the Pandemonium in Huntsville, Alabama, where you get the Lifetime Achievement Award, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll drink a, uh, a a shot of water together. How's that sound? A shot of water. No, I listen. I still have an occasional nip. Okay. Okay. I'm a Scot. I'm a Scotch man. Single malt, twelve to eighteen years. I like the best. I like the finest. Macallan. Macallan is oh man. Macallan is my jam. Okay. So uh, don't worry. We'll we'll have a Scotch. Cool. I'll I'll, I'll I'll have a Scotch if you want water. That's fine. No, I don't I, make anybody drink. No, I I drink. <laughs> God, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grow my gray beard out for the occasion so that I look plenty uh I pl- look plenty venerable for the situation. Awesome, awesome. Richard Saligny Gonzo, thank you so much. And I want to remind all of you that all of the What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcasts, including the Panda Top 20, the Bubbling Under, the Off the Charts, the Flashback Friday, classic rock remixes, and this one behind the curtain can be found at what's hotitsc.com. Thanks for listening to What's Hot in the Strip Clubs with Danny Myers and Alon Fong. Presented by Panda and Strip Joints Music. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. 
Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 